I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Did you first play? I'll bet you could suck a golf ball through a garden hose. Let me worry about that green beret. Napalm in the morning. Your first, last, and only podcast for the Vietnam War through film. Crossfader there, Matt, Troy. Mm-hmm. I like it. What? This is a special request from Matt. What have you got? What have you got dialed up for here for us here, Matt? Uh, this is uh, Metamorphosis Philip Glass, and he he did the soundtrack uh, for this film that we are tackling today. So I thought let's start it off with a little Glass Man. Yeah, that's uh, that's right. He. Uh, Hey, you, uh, you napalm, napalm in the morning heads. Uh, welcome to another edition of, uh, of this amazing podcast. Um, I'm your host, Eric Jones, COVID cowboy, rocking it out in the, uh, Northern Illinois scape here. Um, uh, why don't, uh, why don't my compadres, partners in arms, uh, introduce themselves? Hey, boys and girls, I, uh, Matt Yeagle here in, in the bunker, basement bunker, and yeah. Also in the northern Illinois hellscape. It's snowing again right now, too. Great. Yeah. Hi, I'm Troy, and I'm alcoholic. <laughs> That's not this meeting, Troy. Welcome, Troy. <laughs> oh, a wrong meeting. Shit. <laughs> Troy's not alcoholic. Hi, Troy. Alcoholics go to meetings. <laughs> That's true. Meetings. I'm not a quitter. That's yeah, true. So. <laughs> so, yeah, we're here. Uh, we're here. We like to eat. All of us like to eat hamburgers, and all of us love to watch uh-huh. Hamburger Hill. Um, yeah, the, uh, blockbuster from 1987. <laughs> um, my, my kids were really convinced it was a movie about a hill made out of hamburgers. Uh, oh yeah. They, they, they thought it was like so. a kid's, uh, you know, raining macaroni or whatever that book is like, it's, uh, cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. Yep. See, my, my kids are still little, so I know. On top of old smoky. Exactly. Oh yeah. There you go. Yeah, I, I wish it, I wish it was that in some ways, but, uh. <laughs> Yeah, we uh this this is an interesting one because it it attempts a kind of uh kind of micro history of of a particular a particular event and that event is uh the the taking of Hamburger Hill a pretty infamous um episode in the Vietnam War. Um Matt tell us a little right. bit about why we should what we should know and why we should care about Hamburger Hill. Well, yeah, sure. I mean this and this movie is as you said kind of taking a close look at sort of one event and that's a bit different than i think anything we looked at so far yeah in, um so that sort of sets it apart and yeah yeah do, do you want the core historical context now just to sort of set the stage yeah let's uh let's let's get into it yeah so the 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 movie takes place the the events Hamb- hamburger hill are um May 10th, 20th, 1969, and this movie, r- roughly the second half of that follows it day by day. Um, now, 
to provide a little bit of context, just to get you up to date where we are when this is happening, this event. Um, let's let's talk about things kind of post Tet Tet Offensive. Uh, I think we've covered Tet before uh, in the pod, but let's. There's more than a million men in the uh, South Vietnamese army, um, but you know you're getting massive desert- desertions weekly. Uh, post Tet. 2,000 roughly per week, more than 400 are killed a week. Um, and, you know, the government really is only surviving, and up to this point, it's been about 15 years, on $100 billion in USAID. And so it, it cannot exist without the United States. So the objective of creating a sustainable government in South Vietnam up to this point has not been, not been met. Um, and over, U.S. has still over 500,000 men. Um, there are ongoing peace talks, bombing halt, temporary bombing halt. Um, and there's hope with a new president in town, Richard Nixon, that maybe, maybe things could move quickly, potentially, uh, for peace settlement. But that does, you know, spoiler alert, not happen. Um, and so, you know, peace talks are going on, but there's bombing, uh, is continuing now after a temporary halt. Um, Six times more bombs dropped in the south than the north. And, you know, this is creating, obviously, continued tension. The South Vietnamese civilians and and government. um, And you're getting a new influx of soldiers from the north. A lot of the Viet Cong um, are are sort of decimated during Tet. And they're being replaced by North Vietnamese regulars. So... People's Army of Vietnam are coming in, and they are going to be taking up the brunt of the combat for for the North. And you know, you're getting by mid by mid '69, which is kind of when when this is happening, well, roughly um, over 200 U.S. soldiers are dying per week. And yeah, so that's that's what's happening. And and also, you know, it's it's one of the it's one of the events that sort of like Milai or like the Tet Offensive would be would be played back at home to american audiences and who would really you know can we can we win this war should we be fighting here what are we doing while we're here like it you know all of the mm-hmm. all of the, the the grand hopes and dreams of sort of a 1965 vietnam vietnam policy it's it's really unraveling um those those pretty hollow promises um, from from the U.S. government in terms of why they did, why their boys are are, are dying over there, um, and so it's a, it's a, it's a it's a it's a pretty big it's a pretty big turning point for the again attitudes back home um, and a and a metaphor you know one of the um one of the best and worst parts about this movie maybe is that it it doesn't try to you know it it you drop in and you don't know about really the context of the war at all before or after mm-hmm. this really from the movie and no you do not <laughs> <laughs> and so and so but but uh but it it tries to um uh it it tries to you know paint this paint this the lives of a few soldiers who were who were involved in a pretty futile um exercise um it's worth it's worth noting that uh you know it's sort of right it's right in the middle um, of Vietnam, Asheville Valley, and uh, 
and it's about a mile from the Lao border. So it's, 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 you know, it's, it's up there, um, and gets pretty, you know, part of the challenge for U.S. strategists were trying to, well, we're attacking this hill, but we don't, we want to also make sure they can't escape into, into Laos. So like, you know, they had yeah. all these things that they were trying to do at the same time and, and, um, pretty colossal, um, failure of, of, uh, well, we'll get to it of of the especially the objectives. Um. Yeah, I, I watched but, a little documentary on YouTube about the actual Hamburger Hill uh, incident. Troy was doing the, his own research. I did a little research Thank here. You. A little, uh, yeah. if you're welcome. Yeah, and, I like to do uh, my own research. The, I'm glad. I'm glad you did. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I should have shared with you earlier, but I was just going to read the three objectives <laughs> that they were uh, talking hit, about. Hit us, hit us, Troy. All right, do it, do it. As a swollen attack to stop the 29th NVA Regiment and other NVA forces from launching a mini-TED against Wei and the surrounding highly settled coastal area around the city. Number two, to destroy accumulated food, munitions, and equipment stores. And number three, to bring NVA forces to battle so as to seriously blunt their fighting potential. And scene. When, and so, the, the, again, this movie, um, again, it's going gonna, it's gonna to focus on this particular event. And one of the, one of the weird things that um, again, weird or maybe good. I, and we can, and I want to pose this to you guys as the movie goes on. Did they mean to do this in a cinematic way, or is this like an accident where it it it's, it has these halting like suddenly we're in Washington, and then suddenly somebody's getting shot in you know the jungle of Vietnam, and then suddenly they're at base camp, and then suddenly you know like like these no transition mm-hmm. um, right to and the, and the first one is this sort of opening like. Uh, um, you know, obviously a heavy handed, like, look at the, look at the, look at the losses we suffered, look at the Washington, look at the Vietnam Veterans Memorial. And then, um, and then we're, we're right to, um, soldiers right. carrying wounded to a chopper. Um, right. Hey, before you jump in, let me just give a shout out real quick to at Wildy Joe. Uh, who made a request for this film, and that is why we are here tonight. Oh, nice! If you yourself want a want to make a request, hit us up at Napalm Podcast. And you know what? You're listening. You're enjoying yourself. Why don't you do us a favor? Why don't you hit that like button? Why don't you give us that five star review? Why don't you do all that good stuff? Because uh, you know, we 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 like praise. Now, if you feel differently, don't do anything. But... Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to brag, Matt. But we're like the. We're like the sixth most listened to podcast in Malaysia. Um, or, or what was our, what our that, that was uh, one that history was one metric, podcast. History podcast. Yeah. 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 And mm-hmm. um, we're climbing the charts for the uh, um, for the podcast about the war. Um, right. 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 We are. So, yeah. Keep that going, folks, and hit those likes. Give us those five star reviews and all that. And that, that helps, you know, help us climb the charts. We want to be on there with a bullet. Number one, yeah, exactly. The bullet. So, um, the the uh, and again, a light motif of this movie. We start out right away with some pretty serious, um, some pretty serious sort of Hollywood gore, um, guts and guts and brains. That how 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 did you like the uh, how did you like the gore, Troy? Um, it was pretty accurate if you look at like say shooting a watermelon with a shotgun. It, it was like in the head explosion <laughs> department. I think that that was pretty accurate. That, that, so. And which may have actually been done in the movie to simulate. It could have been. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, there was, a, it was almost uh dead presidents ish. And 
not quite there, but you know, in terms of it's yeah, you know, packets of blood spraying everywhere, uh, holding your guts and all that stuff. Quite graphic. I mean, it wasn't as realistic as the say the losers or one of the real like you know, sort of masterpieces. Quality, of... exactly. <laughs> Quality films. Yeah, and, and again, Home, what it... Home Depot was out of red paint on this one. I think uh, the losers bought all of it. So, and the, the uh, one of the and one of the again the themes that we'll probably talk about, and this is that um, it has some of the some of the visually some of the best cinematography in, in in places that we've seen in terms of where how it was shot and and how it and how it looks, and then and then there's then there are these other weird parts of it that are that are really bad or um mm -hmm. weirdly uh weirdly disjointed so um i wouldn't call it a film um but uh and you know and, and right away right out of the right out of the gate wounded soldier dies on that chopper and uh um stay with me where are you from stay with me come on <laughs> what's your name stay with me yeah and then uh, he's Texas, got the talk about the... it yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's just the yeah the cliche that we see in every one of these war movies that we watch. Um, uh, gurgle, gurgle of Fort Worth. That's <laughs> kind of how it ended. So there wasn't a tell my wife I love her though at the end like usually like uh, we were soldiers but yeah it's okay. Yeah, there there was a in the other part of the movie there were not in this not in this scene. Yeah, but there but if you're if you're playing bingo at home for the. Uh, um, like cliches of Vietnam War movies. Um, th this right away we get to, like soldier dying, like you know, uh, on the on the chopper just as he's uh, mm -hmm. a hair's breath away from 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 safety or from um getting out mm -hmm. of this place. It's kind of the equivalent of kind of uh, you know, uh, um, the the, the Hollywood like I'm gonna the sergeant that's gonna retire in in two weeks, but. He's going to take one more case with this, uh, you know, um, this hot-headed young detective, and, uh, and the, <laughs> little lethal weapon action. Yeah, it's very much lethal weapon. Um, seven Morgan Freeman, rapid. You know, it's it's a very like, uh, yeah. Uh, we'll see. We'll see some of that. Uh, um, you see that later, definitely. Yeah. yeah, they're just tugging at your heartstrings, Matt. That's what they're doing. Um, I don't like to be emotionally manipulated, but I, you know, respect for. <laughs> How they're doing it, and then uh, next on the bingo card uh, of uh, Vietnam War tropes, we're 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 rowdy soldiers harassing them, ladies, um, harassing those villagers. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What do you guys think about this? These uh... those guys were like being buku dinky dow, if you ask me, and that's what the uh, the ladies were saying, which means crazy in the head. I learned that on this on this film. So I you know I came out of this, I learned something new. That's all I can ask for. Yeah. Good. Good. Well, yeah. we're glad to uh help you help yourself. Thank uh, you. So thank you. Yeah, the um <laughs> the the American accents in this movie are are terrible. I mean, we should say that there's if you just read the, you know, your VHS box on this, you might think like, "Hey, hey you guys, uh you you know, you walk in your Salvation Army, you find this like this movie's got Don Cheadle. That's Don Effin Hotel Rwanda. Uh, Iron Man, right. um, Don Cheadle, like this is gonna be, got it's got it's got um, Matt's favorite sh show, The Practice, um, uh, Dylan McDermott, um, his dreamy his, Dylan McDermott, dreamy Dylan McDermott, oh, yeah. um, and then uh, Stephen Weber, the dude from the TV show Wings, 
<laughs> um, so people you would recognize, uh, yeah, especially Don. But um, yeah, it's the it's the worst use of a of a of a super talented person. <laughs> Can you think of one? It's pretty he gets best. he gets two lines, I think, in the film. So yeah, um, and uh, and old Stephen Weber, uh, Dennis Worcester, he has the he has the corniest southern accent like um i mean cancel him get internet get on get, get, get the, the cut of the hillbilly <laughs> elegy crowd that got pissed at like uh if you're from the south you should be mad at this accent because it is uh yeah it's not good it's just it's lame um, leaves a bit to be desired mr haney from green acres kind of or uh, something like it's that a, or uh, or jed yeah, clamp jed clamp it maybe it's a, uh, it's yeah, it's pretty um, it's pretty bad. You Welcome know, and, to our and there's uh, you know, and also like there's you know, if you've got your, uh, you know, the, all the soldiers are impressed because yeah, they're talking to the local ladies and kind of flirting them, but then soldiers are like, oh well, I've got a, I've got a round eye girlfriend, and that's like there's like there's sort of you know like another cringe worthy like every, they're all like no way, um, yeah, yeah. So I guess at least they don't they don't say the opposite. They're uh, <laughs> they're uh. Although, although they do, they do, <laughs> I take that back. They do go pretty, get pretty dark pretty fast. Um, and, uh, yeah. Um, and then and there's a lot of unearned emotional energy, like the, you know, the soldier shows a picture of his girlfriend and I'm sure what must happen like a million times are like, look at, check him yeah. out. And then this, the soldier's like freaks out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> tear your head off um but uh reminds them we're airborne we don't start fights we finish them boom Boom. yeah uh let me let me jump in here for a just a a little history check they're 101st airborne and uh they've kind of got the muted colored patches on their on their shoulders right on their uniforms they're kind of it's kind of the green dark green and black patch uh-huh. so okay you guys remember that from the movie mm-hmm. okay yeah in real life they were still using the colored in 101st airborne patches okay pretty much every other unit had gradually switched over by like 67 or so to the muted colors uh but not the 101st baby not the screaming eagles Damn they're right. badasses they they don't conform so they kept the colored patches so those patches would have been colored during the film just uh for you, good, for good, good catch, there. Matt. Like nicely done. Those friggin' um, yeah. For the you put that in the IMDb bloopers, Matt. I mean, that's really. That may that's... have been where I saw that, but I can't. Um... <laughs> okay. Some the, uh... Cliff Clavin shit right there, man. <laughs> it is a little known fact. So, um, uh, there's there's a well, now it's well known. And uh, <laughs> so again, your dance card, uh, get it out there because you're about to mark off the uh, the brothel scene. Um, we got to have. Well, we get we McDermott and uh, Worcester, you know, meet and they're so we're introduced to them as kind of like the hardened vets. Mm, um, oh yeah, yeah. And that and they're like kind of Keep buddies. Your eye on the new guys. And then the FNGs, the the freaking new guys, you know, come in and and you kind of get the oh look, it's the young new guy who wears all his gear. Ha ha ha! Let's laugh at him. Which is um, <laughs> like that same scene literally happens in Platoon. So um. I guess yeah, you got that hey, learning curve. If it's curve. You're if the it new ain't dude. broke, don't you fix know. it, man. <laughs> yeah, you just, you know. yeah. 
Um, but yeah, no, yeah. So go ahead. Yeah, let's, no. Let's the, the 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 the. <laughs> this will give you both an example of some of the a, a bit of the, and again we've said some of the way this is shot is some of it is really beautiful, especially the outdoor scenes. Um, but then the, the 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 on the writing end, like this is a little this is a little example of uh, you know like sort of the kind of right to television straight to television writing that uh, that you that you see in some of this movie. So let's 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 plop in on the boys um the guy from Wings and Dylan McDermott in the in the brothel. Oh, oh my god. Oh. Water buku hot girl song <laughs> number 10. Oh, I like god. I want to get this red dirt under my body. Oh man. Y'all can take 100 baths still sweat the now, don't I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you two not empty, are you? <laughs> they number ten thousand. They boom boom all the time. But they don't Yeah, so there's so there's some like, you know, kind of like um kind of uninspiring classic um kind of nonsense like that. And then what I love it is that one of the one of the women says the very obvious um um states the very obvious like uh, the Army of the Republic of Vietnam really don't want to fight your war. <laughs> really want to fight your war, <laughs> right? And like, like she she says the most like clear headed um, um, truth. Such a uh, dirty yeah, mouth. yeah. And so so here, let's listen. <laughs> let's listen to that exchange. Um. Hey, Marvin the Arvin. Arvin is useless. He's tired of fighting your fucking war. My fucking war. My fucking war. You say my hey, fucking hey, war. Hey, no, hey. No. Ooh, hey. Oh, now? It's our fucking war. They gotta hold him back. I know bullshit you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's a little, little slice of the, uh, um, uh, but yeah, I love how, like, the, 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 the clear-eyed analysis is, yeah. um, and they just. Well, they, the, they make up quickly, though, the lovers, so. <laughs> they, they do, they do, um. Yeah, and then you know, like uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, well, some of these jam- yeah, the soundtrack of this is pretty good. Um, we we're, we're they try to um, show show life on on the camp on the campground at the campsite at the camp, and it's pretty. Um, I guess at least it's attempted. Or did you feel is did they do a good job? I think so. Yeah. I think uh, the uh, now race is um, will give them credit for for attempting a conversation about race. Uh, how do you how what's their scorecard, right. Matt? How do you give them a? Uh, well, for its kind of contemporary films, which are, I mean, almost literally uh, Platoon and Full Metal Jacket. This came out, I think, two months after Full Metal Jacket in '87, and Platoon was the year before. So you're getting this, you know, influx of Vietnam War films here in the 80s. And you see it addressed a bit in Platoon and in Full Metal Jacket, either racial tension or at least um, kind of giving some of the African-American characters like a bit of nuance and kind of, you know, fleshing out their characters. This film probably gets a little more into that than those do. And they address the racial tensions within the platoon they're in, um, which is kind of a stand-in for, you know, how, how they were in the war. Um, 
with a bit of tender care. Um, and yeah, yeah. I mean, like here. So here, here's an example. Let's listen to um, one of the soldiers, the African American soldiers, talking about sort of what it's like to try to um, be a be a grunt versus be an admin. Me a profile. Why don't you see if it's a job for me over at headquarters? They don't take niggas back at headquarters, brother. All the white motherfuckers are back there. So right, like that's a that's a that's like an actual pretty I think true and honest and like not. Like, it, it, I give this I give this film some marks for it doesn't do yeah. it expertly all the time, but like that that scene like there is a, is like a it rings true with a lot of what we've read mm-hmm. about. Um, you know the feelings of of African American soldiers, and then and, and then realities of the the glass ceiling that mm-hmm. you know they're the uh, this particular soldier he was going to be transferred um, or sent home soon. He wanted it. He was right. Yeah, he was a short timer. Didn't he was about ready to go? So he said, "Let me just get out of the muck until for the last couple of weeks." And um, so that's kind of the plot point. That's why they're discussing that. He didn't want to go with Sergeant um, Murtaugh out mm-hmm. in the uh, wait. Was Murtaugh in the? <laughs> Was he was was that the Mel Gibson one or was Murtaugh the? Uh, the oh God, oh, I forget. I, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but we yeah. So this is when we're introduced to those. I, I guess it's three African American, uh, yeah, guys that are in this platoon, um, and they're singing that Smokey Robinson when they kind of come in. They'll second that emotion. Yeah, Peaked number four on the Billboard chart. December. Courtney B. Vance was the one using the N word there when he was in famous shows such as Law and Order. And the preacher's wife, so you know you should know him. I recognize him from Law and Order. Yeah, <laughs> he um, and and I feel I feel like he's I feel like he's a better actor in some ways than he was written for here in some of in some of the scenes. But like, uh, you know, again, um, we they get they get they get some points for is he he's Doc? Yeah, yeah, I he's Doc. So, yeah. He's Doc. Yes. In this. Doc. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He he did. I, you know, his, I have issues with his character in the film, but, um, I thought he may have done the best job of anybody of dealing with the script they were given. Yeah, no, I, 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 again, and, and it's not just as in some of the films are like, you can see like, okay, we have to talk about race one time, or we have to like have one character, but you're over, it's over many instances. Like they follow kind of their yeah. stories intersect with, um, yeah. so yeah, I, uh, I like that. Um, on the well, on on the hotline, I don't know. We got a we got an anonymous tip to uh, of, uh, of a of a of a request, Matt, to play to play this song. Um, now, Matt, is this? the music the music nerd Matt, um, he noticed it's oh. the wrong version, right? It's the it's in the movie. Okay. All right. Yeah. 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 So they they cut to I guess the guys are kind of. The riverside, forcing around like in a in a river, and they're playing Country Joe McDonald singing this song. Crank that up a little bit. And oh yeah, that's nice. Good. So yeah, you can turn that down. Uh, they're playing the version that Country Joe McDonald sang at Woodstock. Okay. Woodstock, he came out and sang August 16th. In the afternoon, he was kind of killing a little time as they were setting up Santana's gear. And so he sang that song, Acoustic, song he had written in 1965. Did he take recorded. as much acid? Did he take some of Santana's acid? 
Uh, well, I mean, Santana was brand new then, so I mean, I think they formed in '68. Country Joe is an Awali veteran, you know, he's been in the scene for a while, so yeah. he's probably given Santana acid. Uh, yeah, they're yeah, if you, if you, like if you have 17 if you, at Woodstock, pretty for, nice. for a little homework for our listeners, go go watch and listen to the Santana and the Country Joe performance, but like the and then hear Santana talk about like the, the 10 times as much acid he as he was supposed to take. And yeah. like he thought his guitar was like biting him, and like it was, <laughs> and then to watch you play, like oh, that makes sense, yeah, really great, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the point, okay, so this is supposed to be taking place. Well, let's assume it's early May, nineteen sixty nine. The version they're playing is from Woodstock, which is not till, you know, he doesn't play until August sixteenth on that weekend. So that album that's recorded that is released. Uh, I think the next year, and he's on the soundtrack. But these guys wouldn't have been listening to the soundtrack version of a thing that happened had not happened yet. Fake were, news. Were they listening to this? <laughs> More music. Yeah. So, so uh, again, the the one of the confusing things about the film is it cuts like to you know like suddenly this heavy scene on the you know riverfront and they're talking uh, race among other things and then like boom we're at the brothel um oh know. they get attacked there oh this is before this is this is they've got it they've got it they just play before after they get attacked no this is right after yeah so they're, they're right there's some there's some serious casualties on both sides including a soldier soldier who gets his Head blown off, um, not the infamous head blow off scene that we'll talk about later, but um, and uh, and then you know, Doc chews out uh, Dylan McDermott for like you know these these greenhorns they don't even put their names on both feet so if their head gets blown off we know who they are like it's mm-hmm. a bit of uh, I imagine Jim, the more you know I, I I learned some more more knowledge there so that was nice probably write your name on all of your. On all of your appendages. <laughs> Label yes. up, Troy. Yeah, on my kids' shoes and everything. I'm going to do it. When you're um, right before the attack, we get a uh, kind of one of those long exposition speeches on, it's, it's the, I, I, we don't, what's, I don't know the character's name. The, the guy that was trying to get sent to headquarters for the last two weeks. Yeah. He's talking, oh, this is what I'm going to do when I get home and blah, blah, blah. So this is another classic movie trick where the person gives the long exposition, oh, I'm almost done with this thing, and then this other great thing is going to happen to me, and let me tell you all about the great thing I'm going to do. I'm so close to, yeah. I'm so close, I can almost taste it, foreshadow. I don't think yeah, this guy's going to make it. That means it. you're going to die, pretty much. Yep. Yeah, well, and he's an African-American in the movie. He's, he's going he's, he's gonna to get killed um, in this one, and he's... Uh, and he's talking about going home and doing some fun things. Yeah. And a white guy says to him, better not wear that uniform. As he's talking about walking down the street, you know, proudly with that's that right. uniform. Do you think that's, there, there's, there's some, there's some chatter in this about, uh, about how the folks at home are treating the soldiers uh, when they return home. Do you think he was saying because you're black, don't wear uniform or because you're a soldier or both or what did you, what did you, it's not really explained. It's not fully explained. Um, I think Doc, you know, says back to him something like, this man's been fighting for the United States of white America, and you're going to tell him he can't wear his jump boots. 
Yeah. So I didn't feel like race was involved, but then again, I'm looking, I'm in looking into the future. So I had the, uh, but at the time, maybe it was racial. Yeah. So, um, then, uh, you know, I mean, then- that's the situation he's going to face. He's going to go back home into that racial situation. He's got anyway, yeah, double, right? double whammy, you know, the w- mm-hmm. racial and then political with the Vietnam war. Mm-hmm. The uh, and some of the, and some of the best scene visually, some of the best scenes happen right after this, after the they an, another brothel visit. Where I think there is this the one where they're fighting over uh, some dumb thing I can't even remember. Um, well, they're chatting about VDs, what like kind of right at the beginning of the scene, and like sex with Vietnamese women and stuff. Yeah, like that, that. yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, right. Punch that card in your um, yeah, on your cliche machine. Um, yeah, this the, is when they're playing the Spencer Davis group, by the way. Oh yeah, okay. Sorry, I I I I I jumped the gun, Matt. I you know you can't you can't. It's Steve Winwood. I mean, I can tell. I know why you're itching. Okay. Oh, so good. Steve Winwood is a damn genius. Uh, if anyone was wondering. Well, um, speaking of geniuses, uh, a band yeah. they they falsely peg as Motown. Um, it becomes a. This is this is playing in the uh, um, kind of in the background of the helicopter montage. Them taking them and again, nicely shot. Like the there's yeah. there's, a, there's a great scene. I don't know how they really beautiful shots of the highlands there. Yeah, and and like the smoke, um, this like rolling over like the helicopter blades, like they did a. Yeah, I don't. I, I guess I should have looked up who who did the cinematography for this, but it's like it far outclassed the film. And then some of the some of the better films had worse cinematography, so they could have. You didn't need a collabo. Um, should mention it's filmed in the Philippines. Yes, filmed in the Philippines as uh, so many, um, so yeah, many. From this period, of not time. a gas plant in the UK, so that's nice. So, <laughs> or Georgia. That's um, true. Yeah. yeah. So. I mean, I guess the gas plant in the UK looked... It actually turned out pretty awesome. Oh, that yeah. looked great, though. Because yeah. it's a, yeah. n- you know, a kind of nighttime, like, yeah. 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 And some big scenes, yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, and then, the you Full know, Metal Jacket episode, people, if you want to uh, check out more about why we're talking about that. Yeah. Get up the Full Metal Jacket. That's, That's the right. premier one. The, um, then we've got... And then we, we cut to, again, you know, bash cut to heavy fighting on the ground. Uh, wounded and dead GIs all over the place, and the soldiers are—they're uh, following a blood trail from one of the um, Vietnamese who have been taking a shot at them, and they—they they think they've hit him, but they're going to follow him out into the into the jungle and um, and do him in. Now, now, one thing yeah. That, can you, I can I just mention it's taken us like forty-five, fifty minutes just to get here. So, I mean, the first pretty much half of the movie is is spent. I guess introducing us to the characters, even though like we don't really know anything really about them, them, learn yeah, much really. about any of them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess yeah, they, it's taken us this long. They're trying to get us to care about, I guess, these people that they're going to chew up, um, like hamburger. And um, I don't know. Do you think they do they do they make you care enough about them? Troy Mad, what is, what is what I guess I, I think I care about Doc and uh, Dylan McDermott and uh, the Wings guy at this point. Yeah, I want him to, but I yeah. want the Wings guy to die. But um, we, yeah, so, <laughs> I care we, about. But we him. care about him, right? <laughs> I 
care that, care that he's done away with. Um, yeah, and and uh, you know, wounded dad. This is what it, what are what do you think they're trying to do? There's a scene where they're they're following the blood trail and they're trying to uh, um, remove the protective wrapping from you know, the toothbrush uh, with the wrapping next to your left foot. Uh, Open the toothpaste. They, they the find a pile of uh, of of his uh, his helmet and his backpack. Like I didn't really understand. Like what are yeah. they, what are they what what do they mean? Why are they trying to? Why should we care about this? So they, the Vietnamese, they most likely, the person was dead and they like stripped his gear so it's easier to carry off because they, if they could manage it, they wouldn't want to leave um, okay. bodies behind if possible. Um, so that's my guess as to what has happened there. Yeah. I mean, maybe, yeah, I was, they, they seemed to think it was really significant. I was like, well, like I have a PhD and I didn't really, I did, it wasn't obvious to me. Why that was supposed to be significant? Well, all right, uh, they kind of crouch down. They're like looking through all the gear yeah. for you know intel or something. The they find the picture of the girlfriend or wife or whoever and kind of toss it to the side. Um, well, you know, um, one of the one of the things that I don't know if you guys knew this, but um, this movie may have invented rap. Um, in nineteen hmm. in nineteen sixty nine. I mean, you thought. You know, Matt always, is always going on about how the Sugar Hill Gang, um, you know, are sort of the genesis of, uh, of, of. I, I say that. Yeah, all, all the time. You won't stop. I, yeah, and, we, and, you play Rapper's Delight all the time for us, and, dude. Uh, but yeah, catch a little of these fresh jams that are supposed to be coming out from 1968, 69. Maggie Kung Flu foot, face full of black soot, talking at the heat put, plants in the bed, but phones tapped anyway. Maggie says, all right. Here it is, October one nine. Oh. that's a, that's a Bob Dylan song though. I hate to shit on your point, but isn't that part of? Uh, oh, you're saying Bob, Bob Dylan cancel Troy? Bob Dylan adventure. Part part of that was a Bob Dylan song, but anyway, I'm shitting on your point right there. Sorry. Yeah, he, he, I'm saying he was he was he was putting some he was putting some. Stank. So Bob Dylan invented rap. I think Bob saying? Dylan invented rap. Exactly. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna <laughs> put my uh, foot down on that one. Put my flag down. <laughs> that's the hill that's your hamburger hill you want to die on Troy. exactly exactly <laughs> speaking of kids something you did speaking of hamburger hill um it's hill 937 um and we finally make it there you know an hour into the movie so it's you know again it's weird we're talking about this close um close oh well, well hold on we got um i think i think this is right before that hope i'm not jumping ahead um it's kind of one of the many breaks that we get. Like these guys, there'll be action for, yeah, yeah, for the yeah. rest of the film. Basically, there'll be action for three minutes, and then they they're taking another break. Um, but uh, Vincent said, kind of right after. Oh, this is right after they followed that blood trail up. We did good today. We got our cherries popped, didn't we? To the sergeant McDermott, uh, and he says, "Tell us, man, today that's all." Tell us what assholes we are. Doc and McDermott fight. Um, and no lie, man. It's a trip. That, because the guy that got killed is the guy that was about to go home. And so he brings up, Doc brings up this kind of, you know, you're putting black soldiers at the front, you know, doesn't, don't mean nothing. That's when they get that kind of don't mean nothing, not a thing chant going. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, um, and, and again, it's hard to, it's hard to it, it felt contrived so much of that that 
those interactions, but like, mm -hmm. you know, again, I don't, I don't know if that was, a, if that was a more, if that was a true reality on the ground. I was struggling with that <laughs> scene. Well, but... for our, for our, for our listeners that, uh, haven't seen the film yet, that this is the kind of three African-Americans that are still alive, kind of in a sort of circle, kind of slapping hands and sort of chanting, don't mean nothing, not a thing. I think it's, yeah, yeah. Uh... Maybe it's it's commentary on like kind of what the black soldier has to do, is to just sort of let it sure. wash over him, you know, and move on. I guess just I wondered like if a, I wondered if that, life. Um, if that performance was anachronistic, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, right. I think the sentiment was probably true, but the yeah, um, yeah. You look, you can't you can't have it all at this buffet, you guys. But um, the, <laughs> but it's uh, another you know discussion about the, sort of the racial tension in the in the right platoon here, and that's that's definitely a theme in the film yeah they do it they do it much more just in a sustained way than than almost any of the mm -hmm. others we've looked at um did did you did you did you guys notice it seemed like this film was really in love with the kind of military jargon like they loved they loved laying down like um you know kind of uh you know whether it was on the when they were on the on the radio or talking to each other they, they it, it seemed to lean heavy into that was it just me that was like kind of rolling my eyes like all right get it <laughs> no, I think you're right. I think yeah, just throwing it out like, it sounds yeah, whatever you got to do to make the film better, or maybe that were what they thought to make it better. So, <laughs> well, I also saw that some of the phrasing they were using was incorrect. Uh, so, like saying something like "rounds out" or "rounds down," or when they're calling for uh, air support, things like that was was incorrect. That they would have said something else. I can't remember what it was, but uh, yeah. So yeah, if you're gonna do if you're gonna do that, do it friggin' right, you guys. Um, Let's listen to this little clip from uh, um, again. From here on out in the movie, it'll like we'll have these halting breaks between like crazy high moments of violence, and then um, back a mournful sort of uh, back at the encampment. And and here's uh, and here's a little uh, here's a little clip about Hanoi Hannah. American soldiers and Marines embrace the heroic people of Vietnam like many of your heroic countrymen. Why fight the heroic people's army while your own government betrays you and the heroic American friends of Vietnam? You have to smoke at night, put a poncho over your head. I would like to send this special dedication to the screaming eagles in the Ashaw Valley. You may be killed any time, day or night. Like your shadow, death is following you. Everywhere. Ooh. That was pretty good. That was a pretty good, like, we, good. I mean, yeah. some of our other films we've talked, you know, the, the propaganda was real for both uh, on, on all sides, um, targeting sure. whether it's African-American soldiers about the fighting a war that our country doesn't care about them or this one. Um, yeah, I thought it was. Because uh, um, you had Tokyo Rose in World War II, right, I, I believe, if I remember yeah. correctly. So, yeah. She isn't had, a, isn't yeah. that a David Lee Ross album? <laughs> I think it's Yankee Rose, oh, okay, but it's close, yeah. close. Right. <laughs> it's a great album. <laughs> and this is not Hanoi Jane, by the way. They were Hanoi Hannah. Hanoi Hannah. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Uh, which Montana. is actually a song by uh, Roger McGuinn um, on, a, I think, his first solo album, 1973. Famously nice. with the Birds. Um, and so, yeah, check that out. You nerd. How did you know that? I didn't know that. Um, oh, because I know <laughs> shit about stuff. <laughs> the uh well if there's if there's 
one. I told you I want to turn it into a music podcast, didn't I? We'll get there. Um, <laughs> maybe one reason to watch this film is a, is a is a montage that comes up, which is a, a exploding head montage. montage. <laughs> Need a montage. Yeah, this. Um, <laughs> Is this a watermelon? Is this a shotgun watermelon scene? Do you think it's a shotgun watermelon? I don't know what it is. I have no idea. But yeah, I, I thought it was not. it's paper it, it mache as, or something. It might as right? well have been. I mean, really. So it was yeah. like very like David Letterman esque. You could uh, yeah, you could was... have done the same type of uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly special effects. No, um, it was it's a crazy. You know, if they're trying to attempt, what what was what was so halting about it is they're trying to attempt kind of a, this, this close personal, you know, um, real uh, look at the soul, and then and then this this over the top like that that, um, you know, I mean maybe a head would explode, but but not in watermelon colors like. <laughs> it was kind of like confetti almost even. A yeah, it's kind of pretty. It, no, I don't know what I <laughs> as I was telling these guys, I laughed out loud when it happened. <laughs> when I was watching the movie, so. Yeah, that, that's not the response you're trying to elicit is. <laughs> no, like, well, if somebody gets shot in the head, I want to be horrified by it. I don't want to be laughing at it. So uh, let's let's do better, please. Uh, whoever, maybe their budget was running out, you know, at the time yeah. we were filming that scene, but. They're like, look, either you got cinematography or you got special effects. We don't have all time for all of them, so. Um, uh, it, fun fact about this movie, one of the electricians that was working on it uh, electrocuted himself on set with everybody, the crew, directors watching, and he died. So, Oh, my God. Uh, Hopefully he made it in the credits, like memory of, I, I hope. Uh, you know, I didn't watch the credits, so. Dang it. Okay. There was a, like a Arms of the took Angel the, kind of. Uh, took for the team, for sure. Yeah, that, that God, that'd be terrifying. Um, yeah, yeah. The. Uh, the speaking of that, you know, the we get lots of scenes that are. I thought the, the the kind of crawling up battle uphill downhill was was pretty good. Like that, you guys like those scenes of the? I did. I loved I did. It, the the rain when the rain came and it was muddy and they're just sliding down and trying to get their ground. I I, I definitely enjoyed that. I I agree too. Um, in a. Uh, Troy, like you said, that that sort of sloppy, wet scene, um, uh, to me, I thought looked really good. That that sort of jumping ahead from where we are. Um, there. <laughs> you like you like your scenes like you like you like your scenes like you like your women. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'm I'm honestly I'm, I'm looking for an article as I as I'm talking. So <laughs> we're I'm sort our, of half. I'm sort of trying mix, to. Are we getting our movies mixed up here? I'm reading and and talking at the same time. Uh, well, maybe it's a bad idea. I'll, um, I'll say what you're while you're thinking about that, Mal. See that one of the and one of the things that <laughs> that is awesome is if you look at pictures of of Hamburger Hill from the actual footage, like this this so much action and, and bombs and munitions had been focused on this this one dot on the map that um you know there's there's just burned. It is completely black and charcoal. The whole what it what is usually a deep forest canopy jungle canopy um there uh is 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 just a burned over with um kind of uh smoldering tree stumps um kind of in 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 the in the background and so um they i don't know i don't know how much um environmental devastation they had to uh, to pull off in the philippines to to uh, get this but it was it looked really great like the um that, yeah, that it scene. was. Yeah, there was no place to hide at, at 
at the yeah. end. I mean, they right. went up, I think, what, 10 times, I believe? They tried yeah, to 11th, take that hit. 11th yeah. time? Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was just there's nothing left, you know? All right. I can't find what I was looking for, but uh, I uh, there was a quote I read from a soldier who was there uh, who was critiquing the film, and he said, we're talking about, you know, the kind of climbing th- scenes that we, we liked. Um, he said that that was completely inaccurate, and he said, if the mountain looked like that Damn for it. real when we were there, we would have been up the mountain in a day. So uh, he, he said it was much more, you know, thick, dense, tough slogging than even, even then was portrayed. So only, only after all of the, the carpet bombing happened, maybe then it finally is denuded. Because and, and, the pictures I've seen look, look like that. But um, maybe he's talking right. about when you're, when you're first. One, one of the things that um, the uh, American military were not prepared for is the degree to which the, the Vietnamese had, had dug in literally um, you know, deep and sort of concentric rings yeah. of, of, of fortifications where um, you know, they, even, when, even when bombed, they can sort of retreat in uh, deep bunkers. I would have liked to yeah. see them show more of that because, I mean, the kind of, we kind of got to look at some of the bunkers that were built yeah. like, into the side of the hill. But but it was just on, only really a place so the camera could kind of slow pan out of it. Um, they did that scene a couple times when they showed a bunch of North Vietnamese soldiers lined up, kind of sitting down on a bench, waiting for the bombing to go off overhead. And then once the plane flew by, then they would run out. And they did that a couple times. They showed that scene, but it would have been cool to see more of what the bunker actually looked like. Yeah, but for all of the representation this film does, well, and it tries to do about African Americans. The the Vietnamese point of view, or I, I mean, it it doesn't get any worse in terms of just nameless, faceless. Like they are, they are just mannequin stand-ins. Like the the it it, it would yeah. it would have built it would have built the. I think the tension would have been great to like show the the, the strategy and the um and the the North Vietnamese um tactics of 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 how they. Of, Went into that, went into that hill, and sort of set. They it, give that set a, a little bit like, of a nod. Um, in we were soldiers. Uh-huh. Yeah. Probably not as much as I would yeah. have liked, but they at least kind of acknowledge that it exists, <laughs> which they do not even do here. No. Yeah. Uh, at all, they they are. Uh, we get to know the prostitutes better than we get to know any other. Sure. Vietnamese character. What about Han when he was at the uh, boot camp yeah. or at the? What yeah, was that about? Can you guys explain that to me? He he. I think was he was it like the, for a war games kind of thing. Or I think uh, he was the he was the caricature. So so what Troy's talking about is that he's you know um, Han is the is the kind of the 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 name for you know the the North Vietnamese soldier who is you know um, you you can be here dinking around base camp not being serious and brushing your teeth right but he's out there um, crawling under your mm-hmm. under the fence and and setting landmines and 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 it's kind of this uh he's got an rpg and he's sort of yeah stealthily yeah. cutting through the creeping outer up. ring of defense yeah. and yeah and so like like i think there there are moments like that that were kind of missed and it didn't didn't, didn't go anywhere like okay well that character gonna make or, or something like that nope um well I, they're trying to make it sound like oh like this is really scary and menacing and then you know the scene ends with him kind of kneeling in front of them in the mud with the RPG sort of pointed at them, smiling, and I was not like, "Yeah, ooh, that, con- I mean, I'm, that's, that's yeah. nerve wracking." Um, I I did not get that sense at all. But so yeah, that, 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 
that wasn't conveyed well. Um, one of the one of the scenes that uh, um, you know was kind of uh, I think got the blood got the blood pumping was the um, friendly fire taking a toll. Like so, like choppers coming in and um, mm-hmm. and hitting uh, and hitting a lot of Americans. Right, um, and so that happened twice, I believe, um, during the actual assault. Once was from a, a plane dropping its ordnance. I don't know if the coordinates were incorrect or what, but anyways, there was too close and it hit some Americans. And the other time was with a helicopter, but it was not machine gun fire. Like as shown in the movie, it was with rockets. Um, so it is based on a true story. Now let me, my reaction when I saw this was how, how can the helicopter guy not tell that those are Americans? Like it wasn't like they were like covered up low, by jungle. It's a low flying helicopter. Like low yeah. flying helicopter. It's a wide open space. There are Americans running around in the openness, like waving, saying "Stop shooting!" Right, and right they're... there at the bottom so... of the hill, the Vietnamese are all at the top of the hill. <laughs> I mean, if you're waving your hands, you're probably like, "Hit me! Hit me!" It's probably something. It probably means something else. <laughs> right. That's what they want you to think, Troy. Ooh, I'm uh, next. I'm next. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> yeah. No, so did, did... I don't know. Did did was that? Just me, my reaction, or I don't know. If no, I, I agree. I totally agree with that. I don't. I, I I could see where you could have a, a coordinates off for bombing, but when you're talking machine gun and a guy sit, s- sitting out of his chopper with his M60, I I could I can't imagine right that kind and of a mistake. They're in, yeah. And they're in direct conversation with pilots, like you know the from the ground up. Yeah. So it was. Hey, stop doing this. Yeah. Um, um so yeah the uh so it's based on a, a real real event um so it's giving a nod to that at least i just the way it was performed and came off yeah. uh left a little to be desired but you know again in one of the abrupt jump jump cuts then we're back to uh back to base and like reading letters from home um w- one of the one of the weird letters was uh we'll play a clip from a bit but um where you know one soldier his his gal she's a, she's just a She's um hey, hold on before before this before you get to the girlfriend thing the the one dude keeps talking about how he's going to get uh Vincent alphabet they call him right he keeps talking about oh I'm going to get the Camaro or whatever and he's keeps talking about oh yeah yeah the car and and at one point somebody like gives him a little bit of shit about it and another guy guy says will you stop finger fucking his dreams with your motherfucking details um <laughs> that's a great line like yeah, that. so <laughs> Uh, I just wanted to be on record having said that <laughs> sentence uh, into, into a recorded podcast. That we can save, we can save that soundbite for another time. Yeah, it's going to be one of the new drops Eric's going to use. Yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, it, was, it was, again, there are the, what are the weird, there are moments in this film that are really great, and there are moments that are really weird. Um, the, what are the, the, All right, the, now the, back to the girlfriend, sorry. Yeah, the, 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 the what, so the first letter from home is like, like, baby, I'll be true to you. Um, but if you want to do the no pants dance with with the lady over there, I get it. I'll yeah. understand. Right. And, and then he's getting Oh wait, that isn't that one on the recorded tape? That's yeah, one on yeah, the tape, right? Yeah, yeah, that's one on the tape. Yeah. And so all the like, bros are like, ooh, high five, <laughs> bro. She's a regular Tammy Wynette, pretty much stand by your man kind of gal. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so now then the other one was a letter. Yeah, uh, yeah, right. It's the, the opposite. Letter. It's the opposite reaction from a girlfriend yeah yeah let's say. hear let's hear this uh let's hear this reaction from the, from the girlfriend it's from my girlfriend <laughs> say, 
says she's not gonna uh, write, write anymore. Friends at college told her it was immoral to write to me. <laughs> she's went oh. to one of those hippie schools, Matt. Oh, God. Oh, the hi it's the hippie's fault. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Sorry to laugh at your pain. Um, oh. buddy, he just got but, broken up uh, with Matt. Have a little respect. Um, I think it's probably I, I, for the best. That sounds to me. I, I'm thinking. So. Yeah, she's. <laughs> when, Who are when, you hanging out with? Jeez. What really? She's not like. She's just not into you, bro. Like she's. She's. Yeah. She's yeah. dating. She's coming up with some excuse. If like, what did I if say? If she's what? not uptight, then yeah, you don't yeah, want yeah, her. Yeah, like, she's just blame you, it though. on hippies. Just blame it on. Say, say the hippies <laughs> yeah, yeah. did it. The hippies made you do it. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, yeah Char Charles Manson is is one of her buddies, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, you um, must break up with your girlfriend and then go kill Sharon Tate. <laughs> yeah, I know. There, there's the, the he's like, I'll, what did he say? Like, I'll grow my hair out. I won't. I won't cut my hair ever again if I get one of them gals. Like, the, there's some like, <laughs> yeah. The, the the hippie menace is 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 thick in this one. <laughs> Uh, not as, not as thick as in, uh, losers, but, um, yeah. Um, oh, one flashbacks. of the, one of the scenes of the, the reporter, which were a little, um, uh, felt, a, felt a little forced, but, um, let's listen to, let's listen to, uh, um, this exchange is on Hamburger Hill, sort of a, an army reporter, um, trying to tape and interview soldiers as they're walking up, you know, blacked and bloodied. What? Hey, brother, how many times you been up and down this hill? Oh. What are you doing here? Yeah. Oh. My job. <laughs> Bullshit. Been up and down this hill. I'm fucking done. Hey, word down at division is you guys can't take this hill. What do you have to say about that? In fact, Senator Kennedy says you guys don't have a chance at all. <laughs> oh, he is you just, really you like just pissed shit, off. You? It's your job. That the K word. The story. You're waiting here like a fucking vulture, waiting for somebody to die so you can take a picture. It's my job. I got more respect for those little bastards up there. At least they take a side. You just take pictures. You probably don't even do your own fucking... Like, it is his job. Like, no he, one asked my has... AO. <laughs> you listen to me. I'm gonna take this fucking hill, newsman. Newsman. Yeah. I see you on the top taking pictures of any of my people. I will blow your fucking head off. Okay. Um... Now I know how Jim Acosta felt at every Trump rally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh man, come here, newsman. <laughs> yeah, they're not my real dad. Yeah, the rest of the platoon was chanting "CNN sucks" uh, while while he was giving that speech. Yeah, so the so the the reporter brings up um, Senator Kennedy um, and his doubts about the um, about Hamburger Hill. So, but let's actually watch. There's an ABC. Senator Kennedy says you're a bunch of losers yeah. and you'll never make it up there. <laughs> what do you think about that? You yeah, suck. Exactly. <laughs> Senator Kennedy says you suck. Uh, you know, fun fact, Senator Kennedy was a huge advocate of initially that hamburger hill and then and soured on it after a few days. But let, let's listen to the ABC News, May 20th, 1969. American troops in Vietnam have been fighting bitterly for nine days to take a position known as Hamburger Hill. Today, the 10th day, with 39 Americans dead and 273 injured, they took it. On Capitol Hill recently, when Democrats attacked President Nixon's Spoiler Vietnam alert, policy, Senator Edward Kennedy told them to be patient. 
With the costly victory of Hamburger Hill, Kennedy lost patience himself and attacked the administration on the floor of the Senate. The battle, he said, was senseless and irresponsible. American lives are too valuable to be sacrificed for military pride. Kennedy's Republican counterpart, GOP Senate Whip Hugh Scott, said that such talk did not serve the cause of peace. So, um, so th again, this shows uh, some of the some of the. A little the, bit of interpretation there, I guess, from what Amber Hill says, the movie, to what yeah. actually Kennedy said. Right. Um, well, and Kennedy's speaking after the fact, after yeah. the event is over. And, and they're, they're, the way they make the premise in the film is that Kennedy is saying that before as it's the yes. event has finished. Yeah. Um, which, and I looked, I, and so it's possible I missed it. I could not find anything um, of Kennedy attacking the soldiers and saying they weren't going to succeed in taking the hill um, dur during the, the engagement. So, yeah. Um, so, so that, that, that is a, that is a bit of a, maybe there may be for dramatic license in the movie. They're like, we need a real motivation for him to chew out mm -hmm. that. Uh, um, so based, based on a true story, I guess they would say, right. Based on a true story. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So Kennedy now, Kennedy, this is he's still thinking he might run in 72 against Nixon. Um, and so I think he's trying to sort of stake out a position against the Nixon administration. Um, and so that, that might be part of the reason that he has taken that stance. Yeah. No, is, yeah. I guess before um, he drove that car in the uh, water that had the. So this is pre-Chappaquiddick? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean... To, uh, yeah, to, I believe that was later the summer, during the summer. Today, so. today it would be loud. Oh, well, that's just, you know, that's just fine. That's fine, you know, like, whatever. Um, well, if he's, if he's named Donald Trump. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the... the um, we're, we'll, see, we'll see a lot of the soldiers that the film has tried to get us to care about, um, you know, chewed up on Hamburger Hill and... Uh, um, there's a scene with um, Doc here that uh, let's listen into that is um, could be moving. Back, Doc. I'm just what the world needs. Another nigga with a limp. Now, come on, you stop that <laughs> shit. I'm not omitting you, blood. We are all no good, dumb niggas on this hill. Blood and so tight. But we all gonna fool them this time, aren't we? Fucking A, man. <laughs> Fucking A. We've been up on that hill. So, yeah, Doc is Ten Doc Lay's dying, and spoiler alert, he will and die still... um, right there. Uh, but again, it's yeah, another example. But he kind of says, um, you know, on this hill, we're all N words. Uh, right before that battle, they, you know, there, there's another scene of racial sort of tension and a white kid says, Hey, you know, I'm poor too. Like, why do you think I have a silver oh, spoon yeah. in my mouth? And they have that brief, you know, you can just see it coming. They both stand up and they're, I think they're trying to make you think they might fight each other, but the whole time I'm thinking like, they're going to, they're going to bro hug it out, you know, and they do of course. And so I think that's, it's setting the stage for maybe Doc is going to put aside some of maybe his anger and aggression, and they're sort of setting that up, in which he releases then that anger, and then his sort of dying scene is, we're all one, we're all brothers here on this hill. 
Sorry, Troy, grow for it, man. No, that exactly. I mean, I was like, yeah, they they had a group hug and it was good and and uh, yeah, totally agree. And if you and if you if you watch soldiers um, talk about, especially white soldiers, talk about their experience um, fighting along sort of their Af- African American platoon mates, um, a lot of them will say, you know, I just I was never around, um, you know, um, black people. I I I and and. I learned to I learned to rely on and respect and and you know I'm not I'm not painting over any of the obvious racial real problems that that existed in the service itself and and manifests itself but like it it did the 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 human is it's not it's not a crazy leap what he's saying here that there there is humanization that happens on both sides where they they do they they are they have each other's backs and they learn to sort of mm-hmm. see each other's as as they they become close and um that well i mean to say it's a lot of urban poor black and rural poor white that are fighting in the right. war i mean th- so there there you know there is not things that they don't share that they don't have in common that they can bond over yeah for sure um you know uh, again i'll bring it up again <laughs> yet to be these soldiers remain nameless and faces and it's not just they needed to do it to like you know to, to check a box but i think it would have been would have added so much more to this tension to this movie of having the kind of how yeah um, how- well that's i mean they're climbing up this hill this is to me this is the coolest scene it was when they're climbing up the hill like in this pouring rain and they're sliding back we mentioned this a little bit earlier but yeah they show some great scenes with the vietnamese in their encampments and their kind of bunkers and kind of firing down on we get shots from afar of them in their yeah. placement. I mean, do we get a close up on a single face? I mean, I don't even think we do. Um, it blows up. It, but yeah. It's well, <laughs> <laughs> I guess we did have that close up on that face. <laughs> right. Sorry. Yeah, it did blow up. Yeah, no, it was it was. Um, I think, yeah, again, it would it would have made that that uh, you, you could see this in a in a remake of this movie. It would be it would create this tension where like hey we're gonna we have the manpower to take this hill and then realizing the Vietnamese had, had sort of tactically sort of out outmaneuvered them and you see like oh oh man you guys are headed into like you know it would have yeah. uh, it would have it would have set that up way better um, and uh, so uh, again a lot of soldiers are gonna die on this hill eleven attempts to take it. Um, so right right after kind of post the doc scene they do they have they cut to the Worcester scene where he's sort of ca- sarcastically talking about hippies once again ripping on hippies I mean and hashtag ripping on hippies right they love everybody <laughs> but you you know they always talk about love they love everybody man but not not the soldier um and th- he talks about the 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 college kids harassing. Yeah. <laughs> calling doing like fake fake prank uh prank phone calls to you know the the veteran and things like that and yeah who, who was from the Audring Ad, Valley uh which we covered and we were soldiers and um but that's kind of our maybe our farewell to Worcester yeah thankfully he's the one I wanted to die <laughs> and it's not just because he had a stupid accent but he he was kind of a he was kind of a doucher uh, around. But, well, yeah, uh, and this is the final battle, right? May 20th, and you know it's going to be the final battle because they have that dramatic 
bit of glass music dun 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 playing you know in the background that that just means hey it's final battle time yeah i mean when when you hear that coming like it will, let, let's this little slice of the end that end music we got the ominous like uh, you can tell that uh the denouement is happening right um yeah the one of the one of the uh, again, did you like worcester's death yeah it was a weird one he comes like stumbling Bumbling, stumbling, um, kind of out of the fog. He's kind of massive head wound, Harry. He's got like a, I couldn't tell what he's got going on. Did he get scalped? Did he get like what was what was his what were his injuries? It's just a flesh wound. <laughs> he had, it. It. I think it is implying he comes out with a knife and is implying that he, you know, killed you Some know hand to hand combat hand to hand combat killed and so. Um, anyway, he comes stumbling down and sort of collapses. Um, uh, and then they, they take the hill and... Well, we, we hold on. This might be my favorite scene of the movie. <laughs> okay, so when McDermott gets stabbed kind of in the back by a bayonet, right? Okay, and yeah. And then uh, it's Vincent. He turns and, like, shoots a guy, but he gets shot too. And then so he slowly dies. And then another guy that's standing there takes his helmet off his head and, like, whips a Vietnamese attacker in the face. Okay, you remember this part? Yeah, yeah. And he falls down. And then, like, so in that turning, whipping motion of hitting the Vietnamese guy in the face, the soldier kind of, like, falls to the ground with the helmet in his hand. And if you look at the helmet, it totally collapses. It's made out of, like, styrofoam or something <laughs> like that. Like, you can, like... <laughs> so go slow-mo play that. So this yeah, okay. is within the last five minutes of the movie. So go slow-mo play that. And you can, you see it like when his hand, he like smooshes the helmet down. Pretty great. <laughs> Some WWF, like instead of the fake chair, it's the fake yeah. helmet. Are you trying to tell me Wait, that. wait, those chairs are fake? Oh, well, I, oh, sorry about that, dude. I didn't mean to let don't, you know. Don't finger blast his, well, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> Matt's dreams. <laughs> um, you know, and, and uh, so I... I wanted I wanted the movie to say in a more um maybe explicit way about this metaphor for the futility in Vietnam like I think they could have done this so I'm going to play a clip here in a sec about a sort of news report where um you know you take a dot on a map you incur um excessive casualties and then you know only abandon that real estate a few days later um mm -hmm. I mean do you think I'm just thinking about the normal mom and pop audience in 1980 Seven. Are they going to leave the theater understanding that? I mean, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I'm kind of up in the air. What do you guys think? I, I honestly, I think the message was anti, anti-war movement, um, and like right, it was anti-hippie. Yeah. So I, I think it was that because that's the theme that definitely comes up. I think the racial tension, but then also the camaraderie of the soldier. Right. I mean, what the first scene is is the war memorial. Right. Yeah, that's how it yeah, opens. Yeah. So that is it is paying. I think it's dues and respect to just kind of the soldier in the film. So I think that's what it's attempting to do. It's not attempting to tell any larger story. We don't know shit, honestly, about the war. We don't know what's going on when when yeah, it's leading up to this event. We don't know what happens afterward. We don't even know that they leave and pull out a week later from the hill, and how it's very tense, like both military aspects and political aspects so we don't know anything so uh-huh i think that's just the story it's trying to tell is just 
These are some guys that we will briefly introduce you to, and some some of them even their names, and you won't get to know anything about them or learn much about them or care about many of them, uh, but you should. I think that's <laughs> the, I think that's the gist of it. I think you're totally spot on. I you know in '87 I would have been in high school, and that would how I would have looked at it the same way. I would have because not knowing the the uh, the enemy soldiers. Uh, and looking at it going, yeah, looking at it in a negative way. And now knowing, you know, 34 years later that um, it, it, they were, it's based on body count and who, you know, it wasn't even, you take the hill and then, like you say, two days later, the, the enemy or what, however you want to put it, takes the hill back. So it wasn't, they didn't have a reason uh, to me and my, that's my, <laughs> my yokel opinion here, but uh, yeah. Uh, right. It's in its, uh, and I think, yeah, it, it wasn't maybe trying to do that 87 in 69. However, um, it's, it's significant was not, was not lost. It, here's from late May. Here is an ABC news. So, but this is a week later, I think. Yeah. Right. right just right after, uh, May 29th. Um, okay. Now a comment. Tomorrow is Memorial day and speeches will ring with the phrase, these dead shall not have died in vain. I wish I could be sure that phrase applies to the 55 young Americans whose lives ended on Hamburger Hill last week. Apparently, we attacked the hill only because the North Vietnamese were on it. And now that we have killed most of them, we have no real interest in staying there. It is fair to assume that other North Vietnamese will come back to it. And if we follow the rationale of the first attack, we will attack again with, I suppose, the same result, another victory. It is hard to say these things. I've never been among those who believed that generals were heartless people who regarded the war as a sort of game, nor have I been unaware of the long-term responsibilities of the two presidents who have known that a false peace now could lead to an even bigger war and greater casualties in the future. However, if, as his aides say, Mr. Nixon is trying to buy time to keep public opinion with him, so that he can negotiate a meaningful peace, then I suggest that Hamburger Hill may have been militarily correct, but politically wrong, because there has been an entirely understandable and adverse reaction to it. Senator Mansfield said today, areas are won and lost many times. Yeah, so, I mean, that's pretty pretty powerful, um, I, I thought, message that, that, is, that, is, that is not lost on a nation that is... And will lead to some uh, real changes in not not this event alone, but um, by uh, by November, I think you wanted to talk about Matt, right? That well, Nixon's right. going to announce some changes. Yeah, yeah, they are. I think things are headed in this direction anyway. Um, I mean, I don't think I know things were headed in this direction anyway. Um, but the public sentiment you could hear it there in the newscast uh, was that CB. That's CBS. It was ABC. Um, ABC, and you so you could hear it in the newscast that Life magazine about a month after the events published kind of a faces of of the war like faces that we lose in a week essentially sort of issue, uh, and so they have uh, it's two hundred forty two Americans kind of pictures of them, um, and this. A lot of people at home reading Life magazine took it as the, all of these 
were killed at Hamburger Hill when it wasn't, I think they referenced 55 in that clip. I think the actual number was 72, 76. Um, but so people, only five of the people that were featured in that Life magazine issue were actually killed at Hamburger Hill. It's sort of a composite thing, a bunch of different, different scenarios. But um, people took it that way and people turned against it, just like I said in that broadcast on ABC. Uh, and just like Senator Kennedy is saying on the Senate floor. And so in, in July, in Guam, Nixon announces this pol policy change. So it's not going to be search and destroy. It's not going to be seek out the enemy and kill them. There's going to be a new sort of policy, more defensive. Um, and yeah, if you got the clip there, Eric. Yeah, um, let's, let's hear that. Well, in accordance with this wise counsel, I laid down in Guam three principles as guidelines for future American policy toward Asia. First, the United States will keep all of its treaty commitments. Second, we shall provide a shield if a nuclear power threatens the freedom of a nation allied with us or of a nation whose survival we consider vital to our security. Third, in cases involving other types of aggression, we shall furnish military and economic assistance when requested in accordance with our treaty commitments. But we shall look to the nation directly threatened to assume the primary responsibility of providing the manpower for its defense. After I announced this policy, I found that the leaders of the Philippines, Thailand, Vietnam, South Korea, other nations which okay. might be threatened by communist aggression, welcomed yeah. This new direction. So taking up, American picking up that slack, I mean, that's essentially Vietnamization policy that he, uh, as was referenced earlier, announced in Guam in July, so a couple months after that. But that's the policy of Vietnamization. That is training South Vietnamese soldiers to sort of take the place of American soldiers. Viet South Vietnamese soldiers, the Arvin, is going to be kind of, in theory, going out and leading these missions, and the United States is going to be shifting to more of a role of support. And that's when you see the numbers start to change dramatically for the war in Vietnam as, as the soldiers come home. They come home pretty rapidly. So, Yeah, and, and uh, again, one of the, it's one of the, it's one of the, you know, the handful of uh, events that I think, instead of saying, you know, the war in its abstraction is, is, is bad and frustrating and, and, and senseless, but this, like me, lie, like, like others are are become real, um, real moments to hang them to hang their hat. The anti-war movement, um, mm -hmm. because it's it is it's pretty undeniable that this is a, <laughs> this is not um, this is not a not a sustainable or a good strategy. Like, yeah, I mean, if your goal is is to sort of thwart this, this is kind of right off the Ho Chi Minh Trail, right a mile from Laos. Essentially, it's it's way up north northern part of South Vietnam, um, and your goal is to sort of thwart incoming troops or munitions or supplies uh, and, and kill the enemy, right? Body count, right? That is a huge thing. Then it, maybe it's a success taking the hill, right? But what do we need it for, right? This is not, this is one of the ways it's unlike so many American wars before it, is that those are wars of territory. I mean, think of World War One as a very stagnant war. You're in trenches, right? You're not. There's not a lot of movement. Occasionally, right? You're kind of storming another trench, but it's not a war of movement. Yeah. But it's a war for territory and acquiring territory. 
Same with World War II, which is a war of movement. Right, very quick moving war, blitzkrieg, you know, German tank techniques with air supports. That is, that's a war of movement, but it is a war of territorial acquisition, right? Korea, right? The Korean War, right? The United States is almost completely taken yeah. down on their southern peninsula, and they end up pushing back all the way up to the Yalu River, ends up settling essentially where it started. But it's a war of territory acquisition, right? This is different, right? It doesn't. Owning that hill, owning that hill 937 doesn't mean anything because it's just a hill on a map. Uh, and so this is why, that, that's where it gets the name, by the way. Hill, that's, it's a hill, hill number 937, because it's a hill on a map that's 937 meters tall. Um, that, that's all it means, right? So you're just looking to kill and annihilate the enemy. Uh, maybe it's a success. I don't know. Well said. And and like Thanks, and like and like other you know um, yeah the the body count for the Vietnamese was was like so many engagements was much higher but right um, in the uh, like Tet you know yeah on on paper it didn't look bad didn't look good for the Vietnamese they lost it really decimated um, uh, a lot of those their secret forces in the south but it but um, the, in public relations like it's an incredible success like and yeah. you know and so so they they. They were just, you know, like again, they're they're playing three dimensional chess over there. They're sort of Vietnamese war planners, and we and the U.S. is still in a conventional mindset. Yeah, no, they're they're way ahead of the game. Um, I mean, what's going to happen January sixth, right? I mean, like they they've thought three steps ahead. They know what's happening January sixth, right? Or January twentieth, sorry, or January sixth when they storm the Capitol my... on January twenty sixth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm getting my conspiracy theories confused in my own head. Sorry. <laughs> Ironically, there will be some. There will be some uh, Vietnamese who will, uh, which we might try to talk about at a sort of future podcast, of, uh, who uh, um, uh, like like Cuba, Cuban refugees, Vietnamese refugees have an interesting, complicated relationship with. Oh, definitely. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, well, uh, it's uh. We should let's let's give it let's give it some uh, let's give it some dong here, uh, you guys. Uh, uh, Troy, you want to go first? Uh, how uh, where do you, where do you rank this film? I was just looking at Rotten Tomatoes, by the way, and I'm blown away. It says 100, percent um, but uh, I high? I'm thinking about I'm thinking a little high. I was gonna take her down to half of that. I'm I'm feeling like five dong. I like the cinematography. I like again. This is based on you know i think uh, knowing what i know now not knowing what i knew in 87 but if i knew back take, then it <laughs> taking the hill body count you know way. uh you know it they didn't have it wasn't about taking land like you know world war one two and you know in korean war but uh yeah i'm gonna stick with uh i think five dong sounds pretty fair for me so all right matt how about you i I'm heading in the same direction as T-Roy. I, I'm going to head a hair higher. I think I'll go six. And I agree with his high points. Um, the, the cinematography, I mean, the look of the film was not great, but it was definitely real good. Um, and so that, that is a high selling point. Um, the story itself is an interesting one and one that I think, it's it's good uh, that it was told. I think it could have been told better. 
uh we've talked already about some of the issues with it um i think it's the fact that it attempts to bring some discussion of race and racial tensions where while it does not get anywhere really below surface level with any of it it's at least kind of a theme in the film which is makes it stand out a little bit from some other ones that we've discussed and yeah I, you know it was it was okay i guess so yeah i go i'll go six so i i um i agree with the yeah i think i think it, it's look was it it's look was a lot better than a lot of contemporary films um and it it uh you know the the race stuff well you know it there are some misses like it, the 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 attempts matter like it it does it does a good job so much more than any than than many of them of of trying mm-hmm. to have a sustained dial- discourse and dialogue and some of it it seems like it gets right um with the you know uh white african american sort of interactions in the film. So um I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to give it a 6. I'm going to give it a 6 dong for okay. uh for those reasons. Um well oh, it, so he tied me. Yeah, well, you know. Is it that time now? I think it's time for book of the week. <laughs> book of the week. Big shock here. This one is called Hamburger Hill. May 11th to 20th, 1969. <laughs> so. As advertised. Yeah, yeah. I think if you just Google it, it'll be right, right up there. Samuel Zafiri is the author. Samuel Zafiri himself is a veteran, but was not actually at Hamburger Hill. He uh, was injured in a different engagement, and he was, um, he was thinking about writing a novel about Vietnam. And he... So he's injured. He's sort of, you know, in the hospital, and he, he notices, like, all these guys, guys, guys keep coming in from Hamburger Hill, Hamburger Hill, Hamburger Hill. And so then he was like, okay, I've got to tell their story. So this is kind of his his interpretation of that and, and talking to the guys that were there. Uh, so if you want to dive into the nitty-gritty of Hamburger Hill, check out Samuel the Theory uh, book of that title. So... That's that's it. That's book of the week. Let me say we didn't. I, I forgot to mention earlier um, that the you know the climax of the film when the guys reach the the summit, the our um, Arvin forces actually got to the peak first. Um, they were the first ones at the summit, and they were pulled back, and then planes swooped in. U.S. planes swooped in to lay down some kind of covering fire, and then. So the Americans could get up from a different side, different angle. So the Americans actually got to the top second. They don't have time to tell their story, Matt. <laughs> that let's get the Arvin point of view. That is probably an understudied aspect. If there could be any understudied aspect of the word Vietnam, probably the Arvin perspective. Yeah, is maybe one of them. Well, um, Matt, where can our, where can our listeners find us and interact with us? And if they're lucky. Uh, uh, egg us into reviewing a film that they want us to. Yeah. Hit us up at Napalm Podcast on Twitter and look, people, dreams, they they still do come true. Like the dream that, uh, well, of I your, Camar- of your Camaro? I, <laughs> no, I don't have his Twitter name up anymore. Where did it go? Uh, you know, some people have dreams. 
at while the Joe had a dream and his dream was to have us review Hamburger Hill on our podcast. You know, we're, we're like, yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's a Make-A-Wish Foundation, but it's a podcast. Matt, I can dream about you if I can't hold you tonight. All right. So that's all I got to say. He that does know how like to hold you just Sunday. right. Um, or right. Uh, right or tonight, whatever. <laughs> Either way. All right. Uh, well, we have uh, too much fun. I don't even want to say bye because I want to just keep going. We're having just, too much fun. It just, yeah, it just, well, we'll take us out with some Philip Glass and some Ride of the Valkyrie. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs>